Today we have a special guest, Staff Sergeant Caleb A. Middleton. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. He was born in Bryan, Ohio, enlisted in the Marine Corps in 2011. He reported to MCRD at Paris Island in South Carolina before attending School of Infantry in North Carolina and Marine Combat Support School at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. He was promoted to Private First Class and later Lance Corporal and then assigned to the HQMC Manpower Reserve and Affairs in Quantico, Virginia. During his 36-month tour, he was promoted twice, earning the rank of Corporal and Sergeant. In 2015, he reported to MCRD San Diego and was assigned to the Marine Light Attack Helicopter Squadron 169. He was deployed throughout the Middle East in support of Operation Inherent Reserve and later deployed again throughout the Pacific in Japan, Australia, and Thailand. In February 2018, Sergeant Middleton received orders to report to MCRD San Diego to attend recruiter school. He was assigned to recruiting station Indianapolis, earning honorable mention for recruiter of the year. In November of 2019, he was promoted to the rank of staff sergeant and in 2020 was selected to become station commander for recruiting substation Kokomo and then later transferred to recruiting substation North Indianapolis, where he currently serves as the station commander. Staff Sergeant Middleton's decorations include the Global War on Terrorism Medal, the Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Service Medal, the National Defense Medal, the Overseas Service Medal, Sea Service Deployment Medal, Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal, and the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal. Staff Sergeant Middleton, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we're currently wrapping up season four, which is all about putting together a complete program um, in an athletic setting. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about performing under pressure with you, um, something that you've not only done, but done very well. If we could, let's go all the way back to MCRD. Um, you know, here you are with a bunch of other young people from all across the country who may or may not have any clue what real pressure and difficulty looks like. And in a relatively short time frame, those same people need to be prepared to go fight for this country, fight for each other, and, and perform certain duties with their lives on the line. What, what's that process look like for getting them ready to perform under pressure? The process is like it's in a controlled chaos environment, if, if that makes any sense. Um, it is definitely something that it will test you physically it'll test you mentally even emotionally because like you're basically you're you're coming into a different world where the world that you knew or thought you knew pretty much gets flipped upside down on you and you're learning you know a whole different new way of of thinking and how you operate and do your day-to-day um really your lifestyle and and then when you go into recruit training and you're in there with like 50 other individuals that are all going through the same process as you you're kind of figuring out what your strengths and your weaknesses are and and basically working together um to accomplish the the task which at hand is graduating recruit training becoming a united states marine making it to go into the crucible which you know is pretty much everything that you come in together at the end of recruit training it's a culminating event it's a 54 hour long uh grueling event that at the end of it, 
you know, they hand you the Eagle Globe and Anchor and they shake your hand with it and say, congratulations, you're a United States Marine. And it's pretty much everything you work up to that point, but it's basically taking everything that you know, tossing it out the window and learning a whole, whole new lifestyle, a whole new ball game, basically. Yeah. And you're figuring everything out uh, from scratch, learning how to really just take what those perceived limitations that you have set for yourself. And then you see yourself going through and doing things that you yourself didn't even think was even possible because you're getting pushed to do something that in a normal given situation, you wouldn't go and do um, just for the fun of it. So, yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the, the crucible at, at the end of that event, which I'm assuming would be safe to say up until that point, hands down, toughest thing you'd ever done in your entire life. Would that be fair? Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not even point, close. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what was that like? Just kind of your confidence in overcoming those perceived limits. Like you talked about the, the confidence that you could carry over from that event moving forward. The, I mean, the confidence is just like you, you basically, you did something that less than 1% of the nation's population can claim that you can do. Uh, so like you, you join this brotherhood that really is, is so small, like the Marine Corps makes up only about 182,000 total worldwide we're the smallest branch of service so like doing something like that and etching yourself into history really um and being able to make your mark on history is it was pretty emotional like it was something that i mean you put a lot of blood sweat and tears into it and seeing yourself be able to come up on the flip side knowing that you made it and you you became a marine is something that you worked so hard for the confidence that that we had was that we didn't take, I can't do this. Failure wasn't an option. It was, okay, if there's a will, there's a way. We got to find a way to do it. And we did. And, and that and that's what it tests you to do is that you just, you don't quit just because something gets hard. Uh, so I think for us, that was, and for me, that was the biggest thing. And then it, it carried over because that, that's not something that just leaves you just because you finish recruit training, you go off and, and you keep doing your career. It's something that's etched in you forever. So that's something that I, to this day, still use like the mindset of having like the, like we can do this. Um, and no matter how difficult it may be, uh, or, you know, the environment in which that we live, which now, you know, look, we were dealing with this pandemic, you know, the Marine Corps still has, it's obligation to this country and and they put those out there to, to see it through, to make sure that the Marine Corps continues to prosper and do what it's been doing for 275 years and counting. There is just a no quit factor. And when you have that kind of confidence in your ability to take something from nothing or make, you know, something out of nothing, uh, that's definitely something that you'll be able to take with you and, and really, I think to anybody that will improve your confidence, you know, going forward. Sure. So on deployment, when things go from, from training to the real world and the, and the real thing, what's the, what's the toughest aspect of that? Or did you feel like your preparation was so good 
that there, there was no change. It was just keep doing what we're doing and keep trusting the process and keep moving forward. In my experiences with the deployments that I was on, I was on one like combat deployment um, over in the Middle East. And really, it wasn't like really the process in which the Marine Corps trains you to get prepared for something like that. Um, we train like it's a real deal. So, you know, we're we're pretty much when we go through and do like our deployment preps and we're training and everything like that, we're training like it's, you know, we're over there and and doing it. And that's what we're experiencing. We get really everything that we need to to make ourselves prepared. So that way, when we get there if things are a little bit different, it's not going to be a complete shock to us. And, you know, we, we can still go over there with the end state and execute the mission or whatever it is that you got to do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, for me being over there, wasn't really anything different than what we had trained to, you know, at the time back in 2015, ISIS was really big. Um, that was when they were starting to pop off really, and they become pretty uh, famous out there with a lot of the things that were going on. So that was really the biggest things that were going on over there. But I mean, uh, nothing really changed uh, from what we were trained on to actually being over there. Let's talk a little bit more about that preparation. You said, you know, you, you guys trained like it was the real deal. What, what did that preparation look like? How, how did that separate you, um, you know, from, from other people who were also preparing to go and, and achieve their missions or complete their missions? What, what, did, what made up that preparation or what made that preparation so special? I think it's just the process in which that we go through it and, and, and do it. I mean, our units that we deploy with, they spend countless hours in, you know, manpower hours, you know, just and being able to do what your assigned mission is. And, and each unit, I was attached with an aviation unit. So our jobs were a little bit different than being, you know, say like you're with like the grunts and stuff and the boots on the ground and you're out there doing route clearances and clearing houses and convoys and, and things like that. So our, our missions were actually taking the, the infantrymen and then dropping them down into do what they needed to do. And for me, I actually getting into this deployment is kind of a funny story. I actually got to, I got a phone call. I was about to go on leave, take some time off. And I got a phone call telling me that I was tapped to go. And I had about two weeks notice and I got sent TAD to this unit. I had never been to before and I got pretty much spun up in a matter of two weeks and I was found myself on a plane heading over and you know my son he was like six months old at the time you know so I had a uh, two and a half year old daughter so it was kind of got sprung on me and you know my wife and my family so we just kind of adapted with it and went but really you just take everything that you possibly can all the training, all the knowledge, everything that you get. But like I said, each unit is, is it's different on what they do. Getting you ready to go. So what was what was that like when you when you showed up and now you're not with the same group of guys that you've been with and now you're in this this new environment with this new unit, um, you know, going to complete these missions. What what did that what did that look like? Was it any different, or did you feel like no, my preparation got me ready for this? This is no different. Just keep moving forward. 
It, it wasn't really any different because the Marine Corps were always used to be ready to go at a moment's notice. So like that, we're, we're always prepped and ready. So it wasn't really anything different. Like I got to the unit, they, they opened me, uh, welcomed me with open arms. You know, I went there doing what my job was to do and, and knowing that, and I blended in really well with the, with the Marines and, you know, developed bonds and friendships with those guys and, and everything like that. So it wasn't anything really different. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, you know, for us, we're, put on this earth for one thing and one thing only, and that's to win our nation's battle. So we're ready to go whenever that, that time may come from a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it takes an incredible amount of leadership to be able to say, we're going to, we're going to go complete this mission with, you know, potentially the, the odds against us. How does the Marine Corps go about developing leaders um, and, and teaching leadership to, uh, to really have the, the biggest impact? That, that's one of the biggest things that we teach in the Marine Corps, and it starts early on in your career. I mean, it, it starts as simple as from the moment that you actually enlist into the Marine Corps. Uh, we start teaching you about the leadership and development um, that the Marine Corps has. So when they actually get to the fleet and they start actually getting promoted into those ranks and holding those leadership billets and responsibilities, that they're prepped for it. So we start actually putting them into it early on um, and teaching them those kind of responsibilities and stuff like that. But the Marine Corps is very good at developing you right from the start. And send you, they, we have professional military education schools that we, we send you to that you have to complete it at each rank in order to get promoted to the next. And obviously when you get promoted to each of those ranks, uh, you have more increased responsibility, um, more than just doing your job. You know, you're you're tasked with, you know, taking care of your Marines and looking out for their welfare, making sure that they're doing their jobs at the same time you're doing yours, making sure that their families are intact and everything. And they're doing the things that they need to to be successful, to to get promoted and to stay competitive and to make their make this a career. If that's what they're choosing to do, there's there's so much that goes into it, Uh, a lot of training and one on one sessions with the with Marines where you're you're kind of figuring out, you know, what makes them tick, you know, and, and, and holding them to it. And, you know, that's one thing I like about the Marine Corps is that it, you're constantly developing. Just when you think that you feel like you've done it all, the Marine Corps will come on and tell you that you got more to do and it always pushes you to do more. Yeah. So in the, in the process of taking care of your Marines, like you said, what, what's that look like if, you know, one of your Marines is struggling in one of these high pressure environments. How do you, how do you kind of come alongside them or guide them or lead them uh, and get them back on track performing the way they need to? Yeah. I mean, it, it, each, each situation is different. So, uh, you know, you got some guys that, you know, they, they might have some personal things going on in their life that kind of might cloud their judgment and things like that. So that's where the training comes into play. And making sure that you know they're they're fully engaged in what's going on and and everything like that. But then that's just in a day to day aspect, not even just like for deployments necessarily. That's just in doing your job in a day to day manner. Because you know everything that we do, even when we're not deploying, there's still a purpose behind it. Um, you know, there's still 
millions of dollars worth of equipment that you're responsible for. There's lives at, at stake, you know, that, you know, one false move or one, one step missed, you know, that you would typically get that maybe you overlook, it could make or break a situation. And, you know, it's always making sure that no matter what, like your focus is always like when you're, when you're doing your job, it's always on that and nothing ever gets clouded. So really the training piece behind that and developing them is, is getting them and and giving them that kind of responsibility and oversight into what maybe you would do so they can see it from a different perspective than what they're normally used to doing where they're used, just used to being, Hey, you need this, 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 and this, you need to go do this. This needs to get fixed. You know, now you're giving them more uh, of the roles and responsibilities and asking them for their input and how they're going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it gets them to start seeing things from a different perspective. And, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the things that I've always liked about, you know, the Marine Corps and what we do is, is, you know, you don't just get comfortable with what, you know, uh, they put you into those uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Uh, and I know that, you know, from a being in the recruiting world now, you're you're working with high school kids, you're talking with high school kids. I know that you guys will even go and, you know, train or work out a high school program. When when you do that, what's the what's the first thing that you're trying to accomplish or maybe even kind of the that top priority that you're trying to get across to these young kids that you're working with? Um uh, well the first, the first one would be uh, obviously seeing which ones want to join. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're always we're always looking for those ones. But really, when we go out there uh, and doing like workout sessions and stuff like that with uh, sports teams, which I absolutely love, we do things with like football teams, uh, wrestling teams, basketball teams, soccer teams, and the biggest thing that we tie into is is really the leadership and cohesion development. So when we go there with the intent to try to find you know, individuals that, that feel like they have what it takes. Um, but then we get into a different environment because like in the recruiting world, you know, you're, you're really, especially now, uh, with in the COVID environment, you're, you're not used to seeing like how these kids necessarily perform on a physical level, uh, until they're in front of you and you're asking them to go do, you know, pull-ups, crunches, run, all this other stuff. But then like you get to see them in their element being in sports and you, and you, you tailor and adapt that to what the Marine Corps is like. And, and you, you throw in the, like the leadership talks and stuff with that to the teams and how they can use that to work together and come together as, as a group and be able to push through barriers that they may or may not have been able to push through before uh, to help them out. And and really that's kind of like what we go in there for is that is the teaching that, you know, just because something's tough doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to be able to push through and overcome it and, and do other things or go to different places. And, and, you know, really that's, that's kind of the talk that we try to get through to them is that, you know, being one of us, you know, you have to give 110% every single day. It's not just like you decide to show up to practice one day, whether you do or you don't, things like that. You don't get a choice, you know, and and that's the that, those are, those are kind of along the message that we send to them. But, you know, with 
obviously a lot more, you know, enthusiasm and excitement in our voices, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. So knowing what you know now, if you could go back and be a high school athlete again, what would you do differently? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I would say for me, it would be just, uh, you know, maybe going out there and giving, giving myself a little bit more, um, not giving, having myself have these, uh, perceived limitations that are those notions of you can, you can't do these things, maybe giving myself a little bit more confidence in, in my own abilities. And maybe that would have turned things around for me. But at the same time though, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that, that have presented themselves for me, you know, in this, in, in the Marine Corps and the things that I know now to better myself now. And if, and if anything, I wouldn't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then just finally, last piece of advice, what would, what would be the, the one thing that you would tell high school coaches, college coaches listening to this podcast, just one piece of advice. Hey, make sure when you're working with your athletes, you do this. I would just say if you're working with your athletes, make sure that you push them to the, to their all out limits, because when they sit there and they tell you that they can't do something that usually a lot of times people will give up. Right. But then we see ourselves like if you're, if you push yourself to do things that you typically won't ever do and you make them go and do it and show them that it is possible then once they get that buy-in to that and they actually see it, you know, sky's the limit. Like you're going to, you're going to see them start doing other things that, that you didn't even think were possible because again, those are that, that perceive those perceived limitations. A lot of people, you know, I, I like to use the 40% method, you know, just when you think that you've given everything that you possibly can give, you've truly only given like 40% of what you have. And it's that other 60% that you want to tap into to, to push them over to, to show them exactly what their true potential is. And that's one thing I get to, I like to do when I get to see and work out with these kids is, is truly physically push them to their limits so they can then see what they're, and the coaches can see then exactly what they're working with and what they can do to continue that, to get the same result from, from their players. Awesome. Well, Staff Sergeant Middleton, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for your service to this country. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Until next time, make your plan, put it to work.